Scott, welcome to the Granite Zero podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for uh, putting your name forward to come on the show. I was like, there's not many people that actually put their name forward to say, I would love to be on the show. It's like, <laughs> okay, brilliant. It saves me a job. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I, I do a podcast too, and it, it's it's always great when I get people coming to me because then I don't have to go hunting for people to, yeah, to be I know. on the show. Yeah, I, I try and um, keep my like guests sort of a different sort of... Uh, different backgrounds is what I try and do I try it's not always military guys it's not always like uh fighters it's not always this this and this I'd like to have a bit of an eclectic range I like to think but because I'm still I'm still a small podcast as you probably know right. and, it, and it's like you put the you put the feelers out there to try and get these guests on and they're like what's your audience and you're like oh, um it's so and so and they're like Nah, you're a little bit too small. He's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's 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 really just, you know, making the connections, meeting people, you know, new, you know, meeting new people, getting in front of, you know, different different audiences and, and things like that. And, you know, I I enjoy the conversation with with, you know, just about whoever, you know, uh, you know, we exactly. we've, we've never really, really met before. And it's like, it's cool. You know, it's, it's a new person to talk to and get to know and, you know, whatever. So it's, it, it's all good. I know exactly what you mean like that. It's, yeah, it, it, it's nice. Yeah. I like it. Like I, I've mentioned it a few times on the podcast. It's one of my favorite things is to come, I, I record in my shed or the fob um, <laughs> or the shed, you know, it's got so many different nicknames, um, but it's my, it's basically my little escape to get away from, from family life sitting there, right. the missus telling me to go and do the cleaning, the kids running around being pains in the ass, you know, it's like, no, I'm in my shed. I'm recording my podcast. This is my, my sanctuary, my happy place. And it's yeah. nice, especially when you get to chat with um, like-minded people and, and just have a good chat. It makes you feel better. Yeah, it does. It does. And and I feel like the, the same thing. It's, I mean, it's, it's not therapy, but it's, it's like almost has that same yeah. kind of purpose, you know, where, where you get to just like, go out and, and like you said, like minded people just having a conversation, and, you know, getting to know one another and, uh, you know, just shooting the shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chewing the fat, shooting the shit, whatever you want to say. So uh, yeah. And yeah, you touched on a little something there. It, it's not therapy, but it is like therapy. And for me, it's certainly cheaper than therapy. Like, <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. For someone that's been yeah. been been to therapy, it's like fucking. Oh, this is expensive. I know. I, I need therapy <laughs> just for the therapy, like just because of the cost, you know. Yeah. Like, Bank bankrupting yourself because you want to get you air your problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, it's it's funny like that, but um, but you know, it it's good because I I think a lot of us who get out of the military. You know, we miss that camaraderie, that the you know sense of belonging with, with a, you know the group of people that you you served with, and you know th this isn't like exactly the same thing. It's it's different in that that regard, but uh, in in the sense that it is uh, it's not people that you deal with on a day to day basis that you work with or you know whatever, but it's it's still you have that common connection and, and it can kind yeah, of help totally. you you know get through that you know so. And you touched on a little something there about the uh, the camaraderie, the um, the sense of belonging. That that's a massive thing, especially I think any sort of military background, um, whatever country, you, you create these bonds with um, inverted commas your new your new brothers, your new family, and a lot of people then struggle. Uh, I'm case in point for this is 
one of the big reasons why I started ended up having a lot of mental health issues was because I lost my brothers. I lost my sense of belonging. I lost my purpose. Yeah. I, I was, I was Tomo. I was the guy in the uniform. It's like, people would ask me, what, what did you do for a living? It's like, Oh, I, I'm in the infantry. I, I've been to Iraq and Afghanistan. And now it, and or when I first left, it was like, what do you do now? It's like, oh, I'm a security guard. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it's it doesn't like, have the same ring to it. No, it, it's, it's, it's the deflatingness. I don't even know that's right, a word, right. but that, but yeah, you've lost that sense of purpose, that sense of self-worth. And then you go on that, that tragic spiral into, into different depressions and whatnot. And yeah. And it, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I, when I got out, so I was in the, the Army National Guard. Uh, yeah. So we, we train one week in a month, two weeks a year. Um, and, 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 but you're still a soldier, right? Mm. And, and you still, I, I deployed to Afghanistan and, um, you know, I, I did all the infantry crap that you do over there and everything. It was, you know, I, I was still a soldier. Um, and, but we also work our own civilian jobs. We have our own careers and, you know, just like anybody else. And uh, so when I got out of the, the, the military, it was like flipping a light switch. It was all of a sudden I, I went from being this, this uh, combat infantryman who, you know, deployed to Afghanistan and kind of had a cool story to tell. And then when yeah. the, the next day, when I, I like actually got out and I transitioned out, it was all of a sudden I was like, now I work for an insurance company and it's yeah. like, the, there's nothing cool about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it, no. <laughs> it, it was, it was like a complete like reality check. It's like, okay, I'm not, a, I'm not as good as I once was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you find that, well, I, I did, especially you, you hold on to, to little bits like, or, like, for example, my, my little studio, my shedio, whatever, loads of military memorabilia that's around because that's right. that's still a part of me and that's i remember speaking to someone they were like you need to let go and just remember that's in the past it hasn't gone anywhere but you you're not that person anymore you can look back fondly but just let mm -hmm. go a little bit and i think that's yeah. what a, a huge uh, portion of the the military or veterans especially can't do is that letting go yeah and uh, it, it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. It is hard. Like, for example, I've still got my um, uniform that's still hung up behind me. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is hard to let go. And I, I didn't do a massive term. I did five and a half years. So got, and I came out for, for family reasons. That's the reason why I came out. Otherwise I would have still been serving the 22 years or whatever. Plus that was my goal. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, things change and you have to mm -hmm. change and you have to try and adapt. And now, uh, now since starting the podcast and talking to people like you and Ad Adam Dorito and, and, and other uh, veterans and serving members of the military, I've still got that connection to it. I've still got, yeah. I'm now a, a, a pro I'm now a proud veteran where before I was a bit like uh, in that same sort of mindset as a lot of other people where they think veteran, they think, world war ii yeah. uh, storming the beaches of normandy not a uh, 34 year old guy that has recently come out they're like you're not a right. veteran i am a veteran <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? and i remember talking to one guy and it was like it's now starting to be cool to be a veteran again because right well, apart from it's now kicking off again but so afghanistan is sort of on the back burner iraq's on the back burner the gulf war 
et cetera, et cetera. People are now going, fucking hell, you guys did quite a fair bit of action. It's like, well, yeah. Right, yeah. And we we did over there. And and I, I was actually talking to someone the other day about this. And I think the, the public perception um, just kind of... Uh, of the war, like, especially in Afghanistan, but I, I think to the outsider, the person who's not in the military, Iraq and Afghanistan almost were one in the same. Yeah, they, they were. You know, they're they're over there, and quite <laughs> yeah. frankly, there's some there's there's some people who probably couldn't point to those countries on a map. So you know, let's just totally. let's just be real about that. You know, and <laughs> and so it's it's over there. It's not here, and I don't care. It's over there, and so uh, you know. And then, then it just dragged on for so long. It, you know, 20 years is, is a long time for, for any kind of conflict. And when it goes on that long, it just becomes like normal and part of, yeah, yeah. oh, this is just a thing that's happening. And now we just have to live with it. And, and it's as normal as putting on your shirt in the morning and, you know, taking yeah. a shower or whatever, you know, like that's just part of your day to day is like, oh, this thing is something that's happening, you know? And, yeah. and so people kind of just, I don't know, it just sort of like faded into the background where people weren't paying quite as much attention to it until, you know, yeah, the yeah. recent events. And now everyone's talking about yeah, it. Yeah, you know? until and the recent people events. Who hadn't, <laughs> yeah, people who hadn't talked about it for years are now all of a sudden interested. And it's like, where the yeah. hell were you 10 years ago? You yeah. know, when this was, you know, but, when I was there, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, I heard something the other day and it was, um, we can all thank Afghanistan for getting rid of COVID. It's like, because everybody stopped talking about this fucking virus. Right. It's kicking off. <laughs> or e- even even better now, um, o- over here, um, we, we've got um, a fuel shortage because we don't have enough heavy goods drivers to get uh, oh. the petrol into the petrol stations. And everybody has gone... Rev- revert to default and started panic buying so they're they're panic buying fuel like unleaded petrol it's like what are you doing why are you panic buying yeah and and that's like over here i don't know if you guys had that over there but over here in the the u.s we uh last year when like covid Mm. all started kicking off everyone was panic buying toilet paper oh yeah yeah. like it the important things you couldn't find it you, you, yeah exactly yeah like like you couldn't figure this out like some other way but like like how much are you really planning on using the bathroom like they people probably still have toilet paper oh cool you know, stockpile of course they you know it's crazy it's just people, mad how, how people's minds work when they go fuck right. like they're, they're people <laughs> people are like getting jerry cans and they're getting they're filling up their jerry cans they're filling up their car it's like there's we haven't got a fucking oil shortage, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. What are you doing? It... But it's mad because you, you see on like your Facebooks and your Instagrams, obviously they're your friends and they and you tend to follow sort of like-minded people, like I said, for this. So you're seeing yep. the same people posting the same stuff as you saying, what are these people doing? It's like, yeah. surely these people have got friends that are like, what, what are you doing, mate? Why are you doing that? yeah it's fucking bonkers it's crazy it is bonkers yeah i i don't know i i i just see like everybody has just gone completely crazy in the last you know last couple years so absolutely it's nuts but but even back when i was in in um 
in well well we called it bastion so it'd be leatherneck for you for in 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 um in helmand province uh, obviously the big base okay. um yep. and i remember having a chat with uh a u.s marine out there uh in the in the command center and he was on um i think it was a it was gerber website or something like that he was looking at all these knives and i was like what are you doing he went i'm just getting ready for the zombie apocalypse because it's going to come one day and i was like what, what are you talking about and he was like look and gerber literally have a zombie apocalypse survival kit that you can buy but people obviously buy it it's like this is mental they do they do and you know what's crazy i think it's a, the cdc over here the center for disease control yeah i think they actually have a, a page on their website about how to survive the zombie apocalypse brilliant and this is a government organization <laughs> like this is the u.s government, government saying government funded how that. to survive <laughs> yeah so so they're they're i mean to me that like just shoots all their credibility like yeah unless they really unless they know something that we don't know and they're true, you know, true. They you know, probably men, they probably do know some stuff <laughs> yeah exactly but, but, but i always thought crazy. this guy was this guy was crazy in himself because bearing in mind my my final tour i was in the command center i was a, a radio signaler so i was actually talking to the boots on the ground instead of being on the ground <clears throat> basically i put my um my papers in to leave before we went on tour and then they went well you're going on tour anyway i was like all right can i be in like a a semi-safe environment so they put me in on hq and anyway so we're we're in we're in the command center and this guy has obviously um got his standard issue i think it was m4 that he had um yep. but then he also had a sidearm uh he had his his uh glock or whatever it may be that he was issued then he had four knives st all like positioned around i was like you're on camp <laughs> in the command center if people have got this far there's there's a massive problem <laughs> yeah it's it's bigger than any knife is gonna be able to handle like you have a you have a situation yes. going on that you know so there's some alarms going off somewhere in some and other yeah. HQ somewhere. All, all, all know, he said all he said he went you just got to be ready man i was like okay there's ready and then there's your your extreme yeah i mean you know <laughs> have your weapon with you and and you know you're ready like that's that's primarily what you need to you know can be concerned with you know yeah exactly but let, let, let's get on to the um the old nitty-gritty um yeah the reason, the reason why you wanted wanted to come on was obviously to talk about the the book which congratulations yeah, so, by the way yeah thank you yeah the book uh my book surviving sun came out about a month ago uh in the august and um uh, it is about my story over in uh afghanistan and my, my brother uh who also served in the National Guard. Uh, him and I were uh, uh, both deployed over in Afghanistan in 2010. And uh, tragically, he was killed while we were over there. And um, so, yeah, the, the book is about that story and my, my journey, uh, you know, my time in Afghanistan and, yeah. and how we, we dealt with all that, uh, you know, after coming back home. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a, well, it's got to be hard anyway especially in an environment like we were in over in Afghanistan. It's, it's a high stress environment as it is, let alone right. having to worry about your brother being like down the road in the same shit as what you're in. Right. And, and that, that was one of the things that, 
you know, uh, I've been asked about uh, before. And, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm thinking back to that time period. And before he was he was killed, I never really was concerned that something was going to happen to him because I think I just put that possibility out of my mind. Like, yeah, that's like, uh, not something that happens to me. Like, yes. or to my family, like that yeah. happens to other people. We read about that in the news and it, yeah, yeah, it's sad and it's tragic, but that's not something that happens to me. That can't happen. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that, I did that as a, that's like a mechanism. Yeah. I was going to say that's like a, yeah. a defense mechanism that quite a lot of people would go yeah. through. I remember um, when we were uh, out in Kandahar and uh, I was a uh, Valen man. So I was checking for uh, the IDs as we we're going for a vulnerable point. <clears throat> right. And I remember my uh, metal detector going off, the Valen going off, and I'm thinking, nah, that, that it can't be because right. that that like, like you said, that shit doesn't happen to me. No, exactly. Nah, yeah. nah there's got to be an empty casing or something, is or a bit of a, a tin can or or whatever. It, it's not going to be an IED. And I remember going down and and confirming, and there was a few wires. I mentioned this actually in my book, and uh the commander of the the line came over to me and was like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, well, I'm confirming to see if it's an IED. And then he's, I remember it vividly. He was like, we're in Kandahar. We're in the RAF Reg. It's not going to be an IED. And I could see a wire and he pulled the fucking wire out. And I was like, fuck. Thinking, <laughs> but like, I'm, I'm gone now. I'm going to be pink mist. I'm going to be. Yeah. But obviously, thank fuck it wasn't because we're, we, well, it would have been the worst been lights out would have been <laughs> lights out. I wouldn't be here, but put it that way. But yeah, definitely. You, when you're d- doing things when you're over there, it's like, Oh, that's not going to happen to me. I'm not going to be the right. one that gets shot. I'm not going to be the one that gets blown up. Well, and, and you even, uh, I know we did anyways, but we, we even joked about it, you know, like yeah. we, we go out on a mission and, and some of our buddies would come up and be like, Hey, don't get, don't get shot today. Don't get blown up. You know? And, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, it was just like a, you know, a, a way to, to cope and deal with it. It's you know, a some, yeah, coping some mechanism. Other, some we, other people we would have it. never... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, we, we would have, even before we went on tour, we'd have a death list, like, who would be highest on the death list. So I remember when we went to Gandahar, I was at the top because I was getting married uh, when I got back and my wife was pregnant, or my fiancé at the time was pregnant. She's there like, well, Tomo, you're definitely at the top of the death list. It's like, why? Because yeah. you've got the most to lose at the minute. So, oh yeah, you got a point. <laughs> but you sort right, of laugh right. it off. You shrug it off. I remember telling the missus, I was like, oh, I'm top of the death list. She's like, that is horrible. He's like, nah, it's all right. <laughs> right, but 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 to her, it, that was terrible. And and yeah. if you really do think about it, it, it kind of is terrible. But yeah. you know, for for uh, for us, so while we're while we're over there, that was like we laughed it off, and that's how we dealt with the things that that we were out of our control. Like you can't control if you're yeah gonna get blown up or whatever you know like shit happens and and that's that's just what you the reality of the situation you have to deal with it and and the only way you could really deal with the things that are out of your control is just kind of laugh at them well yeah and that's um one of the things that my uh my family and my so my in-laws should i say they were always like you've got a very specific dark sense of humor and it's like well yeah i'm i'm used to i'm used to going out facing well the unknown and right if i don't laugh about it or make a joke about it then i'm gonna i'm gonna be in a darker place than what i actually ended up being in i would have been you would have been you just 
you just wouldn't be able to cope. No, for sure. And, and so actually the, the day that my brother was killed, I, I talk about this in the book, uh, surviving son, uh, again, but, um, when the day he was killed, my, my commanding officer, uh, called on the radio for me specifically. And so I was, I was a Sergeant and, and anyone, I don't care what country you're from, but any, anyone who knows the chain of command, uh, you know, the way that works, you, you know, that like the commanding officer isn't looking for like a lower guy, like directly, yeah, he's going yeah, through yeah. the chain of command usually. Um, and, and when he was looking for me specifically, I was like, Oh fuck. What, what did I do? What, like, yeah. what did I screw something up? Did one of my guys screw something up? Like what happened? And so I started checking all my guys' equipment, looking for, you know, everything that they, they had, you know, to make sure that they didn't lose anything or, you know, someone screwed something up or whatever. And I, I couldn't figure it out. So eventually I link up with him and he tells me that my, my brother was in an ambush and uh, his unit was, was ambushed and uh, that he had gotten hit. In my mind, I still didn't realize that the possibility of death was there for my brother. Yeah. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going through all the logistics and trying to figure out, okay, how do I get to him? Does he need like a blood transfusion or something? Like, does he yeah, need yeah. blood? He can have mine. Does he need a kidney or some, you know, something like that? He can have mine. If I don't need it, he can have it. Mm. And I'm, I'm going through all the logistics. Like, all right, get, get a helicopter here and let's let's get me out of here. And uh, he's like, no, you, you don't understand. He was hit, but he was killed. And, and I was like, what? Like that, that can't happen. I, you know, I, like anyone else, I would, I, I broke down and I, I was, I was a mess. Yeah. But the, the thing that the, was the worst about that whole situation was just minute, 20 minutes later or so, our, our own unit started getting into a firefight. And I was like, oh, fuck me. You know, like I, I had to put aside the grieving and just like yeah. set that down and then jump right back into army mode. And, and I was like, the last thing I wanted was, well, well, a my parents to get a second knock on the door, letting them know that another kid was killed, and and uh, b I didn't want any of my guys to get hurt or killed, um, yeah. you know, who who are relying on me for for leadership. And so, um, you know, I I I had to just set aside my own personal issues, what was going on, and and like just suck it up and 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 deal with it, you know, deal with the situation that was going on, you know, at the at the moment. So. Yeah. So when when the dust sort of cleared, um, pardon the pun. Um, yeah. And you got back to camp. Did they give you? Did you get? Did they give you enough counselling and 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 whatnot? Say counselling, sort of yeah. distance that you or anything that you needed to process and and grieve, or was it? No, you got to carry on and get back to it. Well, it, it was interesting. So I after that firefight. Uh, about maybe an hour or so later, uh, they, they had a helicopter come and take me and a, a couple other guys uh, who, who were injured that day, uh, took us off the, the battlefield, if you will, and, uh, and took us to Bagram Air Base. And that's where, where my brother was. And, and there's another soldier who was killed with him as well. But um, so they, they were there. And the next morning, they had the, the ramp ceremony, the, the formal ceremony, yeah. you know, whatever, where they bring the the soldiers, the fallen soldiers onto the plane that was going to take them out. And I ended up getting on that same flight uh, to, to go to Kuwait, you know, to start my journey back home. And um, within two days of my brother being killed, I was home. And, um, but most of that time I I wasn't ever by myself. I was never alone, Hmm. 
but I was never with people who I knew, you yeah. know? And so I, I had, I didn't have like anybody, it would be weird for me to just walk up to some random, you know, whoever and just start, Hey, this is my problems and just start unloading it on them. Like that, that would be weird. So like, I didn't do that. And then I got home and we had uh, news vans, like television, radio, everything, uh, newspaper <laughs> lining the street of my parents' house uh, when, when I, when I first got home and they were there for interviews to, you know, talk about, you know, my, the, this hometown hero and, you know, all this stuff. And I, I was like, my first gut reaction was like, fuck these people. Like, yeah. I don't want to talk to these people. I don't want, I didn't want to, I, I didn't even want to talk to the, uh, the military supporters who were greeting soldiers when they were coming back home at the yeah, airport. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't, I didn't even, I, I tried to avoid them as, as well, which I, you know, I feel kind of shitty about, but, um, you know, that was just my, my state of mind. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want any of that, but then, I also realized that if I didn't talk to those news reporters, they're going to run a story one way or the other. And it was probably going to be, you know, some random person in a parking lot, you know, who lived in the town and was like, what do you think about this? And of course they're going, Oh, it's sad. And you know, whatever, but, and it's just gonna be some crappy sound bites. Um, But so I was like, you know what, we, we need to talk about who my brother was and, and what kind of person he was. And, and they're not going to get that from anyone other than family, um, yeah. you know, close friends, maybe, you know, things like that, but they, they're here and they're going to talk to us. And so let, let's do it. Um, and then after that, um, after all those, those interviews and everything that, that went on for weeks, um, you know, I, I had some out processing uh, to, to get out of like the active duty status and um, out, outside of that, I, I didn't really, get too much from uh, as far as counseling goes uh, we yeah, had yeah. some mandatory counseling that everyone had to go through after everyone got back home and i lied through my teeth through that because i didn't want to deal with it yeah, yeah. and I, I was like like no i'm not drinking too much no i'm not you know yeah. I'm, I'm i'm sleeping fine you know these are yeah. all lies you know i was, I was yeah, drinking course, way yeah. too much yeah you know and and you know that obviously that didn't help me any but you know, when, once when I, I, I started noticing that this, I, I was not the same person anymore. I, I was angry. I was irritable. I was frustrated, all this stuff. That's when I took it upon myself. My wife and I were like, you know what, something's got to change. And, and so I, I started going to, uh, to counseling and, uh, you know, talking to people about what was going on, what was bothering me. And that, that helped for a while, but you know, it wasn't the, you know, the, solution that just kind of fixed everything yeah, it wasn't yeah. like a magic drug or whatever it but it did help for for a while while, while i was doing that it, you know but but then after i i stopped going i i kind of slipped back down that path again and so um one of the things i like to just tell people is like like mental health is just like kind of any other health issue where you might need to go for checkups every once in a while you know yeah, and you might need to yeah, yeah. to go and and kind of get that uh you know, annual physical that you might go to your, your doctor and, and get like a, you know, just a little checkup, make sure everything's yeah. running fine and, and everything like that. And you <clears> might, <throat> might go for, you know, a couple sessions here and there and, and just, just be like, yeah, I, I just want to check up and, and make sure everything's good to go, you know, yeah, yeah. or because otherwise you know, whatever. So you get like a, a build up in pressure. I feel I, I had it when yeah. I, fir- when I first went to counseling, I'd, <laughs> The only I I I fully automatic unloaded on on my therapist. It was 
it all came out in one big burst. And I and I I would I would sit there I would, I would sit there and chat to her about um, things that happened before I joined the military, things that happened during the military. Not that I was in any sort of real danger, combat situations, things like that. It's it was more the the pressure of of being out there and 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 etc cetera, etc. Cetera, as as you probably know. Um, but I'd, I was getting all this stuff off off my chest, and it was I felt good. I'd cry a lot. Don't get me wrong. Because as soon as as soon as I sat down and she was like, "You can, you're good to like go." It was just like a a, a flood. Um, yeah. And then what, once I'd done that, I felt good. And then I was like, "Oh, it fit. I'm fixed." How fucking wrong was I? Where <laughs> you know I would think I was fixed, and then all of a sudden my moods would start changing again. I'd start getting more grumpy than normal. I'm a grumpy guy anyway, but more grumpy than normal. More snappy at the kids short and 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 obviously the the old saying i'm fine would come out to the missus i'm fine fuck off leave me alone yeah. um and yeah and it's a build up build up build up and then all of a sudden you're back in that that fucking hole again and you're like fuck i'm i'm shit at this i'm shit at that all the negativity coming through i should never yep. have left the military blah 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 um but yeah you you do need to just open the valve a little bit, whether it is talking to a therapist, talking, actually talking to a loved one. I, m- most of my chats tend to happen with my brother because he, he's like my best friend. Um, so I'd be, I'd be chatting to him and just opening that valve a little bit. Sometimes, right. I, sometimes I don't even need to talk about any sort of direct issue. Just having, like we said at the start, an actual conversation with someone. Yeah, it's just opening that valve a little bit. Let those positive endorphins fly around the the body, and then all of a sudden you're back to being good again. And then obviously, oh, I'm fixed. Let's back it up right. again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you lie to yourself and say, "Yeah, yeah I'm fixed." Yeah, I'm, and, fixed and then... I'm fine. I'm definitely not drinking too much whiskey. <laughs> yeah, right. but yeah, and then then you you move on, and then you you, you slip a little, and then you. It, it's it's a vicious cycle sometimes but I, I think if you recognize it and and you can do something to yeah. address it you know and it, it's it's not easy going to therapy oh, no, you know, no, for, no. for some people you know especially, like talking especially to, for blokes especially for guys yeah for so, sure so you're going to I therapy mean, to talk about your feelings yeah yeah are you yeah i am <laughs> it's like, get rid of that fucking like, stereotype um, I don't know if you're if you're the same within um, within your your family, but the main person that always notices a little change in anything is obviously my wife. Right. Um, she's like, "Are you sure you're all right at the minute?" It's like, "Yeah." Oh, you, if I say yes, you're not going to believe me anyway. So, <laughs> no, I'm right. not. I'm, it, you know I'm what? Stuck, and... I'm stressed at work. I'm. I'm and she's like, oh, "Okay, I get that." Do you want to talk? It's like, well, it's just work stuff. It's not. It's not the other stuff. It's just works. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. She she was the one that noticed the, the the stages throughout my mental health journey that I'm going through. She was the one that that was noticing stuff. She was like, "You're not, you're not the same guy." It's like, well, I, right. thought, and, I, and I thought I thought I was. <laughs> my my wife was was the same. She she noticed it, but she also recognized that I probably needed some time to to process things, yeah. and so she didn't. She wasn't like 
nagging or, or anything and no, no, like, no. hey you need to go do this and go go talk to someone and go do this and go do that and you know she wasn't like that she, she gave me my space and she realized hey this is probably going to be a little bit of process it's not going to be a sprint might be a marathon no. yeah, of course. and 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 so she's like you know what Let, let's give him some space and when she noticed things were getting out of hand you know where you know I, and i talk about this in in the book too i you know my my dog at the time he she uh she threw up on the carpet and it was a white carpet and i'm like this is gonna stain and it, you know I, I was going through my head i was like all these 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 things like now i gotta go get a steam cleaner to clean this thing up and you know hopefully i, I can fix it and, and everything and i'm screaming at the dog like the dog has a fucking clue what i'm saying anyways right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the dog has no idea and i'm just i'm screaming at the dog the dog's is clearly sick because it just threw up on the carpet you know yeah it, like, did. it, it didn't it didn't go it didn't go hey do you know what i'm gonna do today scott i'm gonna puke yeah. on your white carpet that's what yeah because gonna... because <laughs> i'm out here to fuck up your day and i'm, I'm gonna ruin <laughs> yeah. it like this yeah. is this is you know i woke up this morning and i'm going to <laughs> and i'm gonna shit in the closet too yeah <laughs> that's know? exactly like, what i'm gonna do <laughs> that, that's that's what the dog was thinking like no like like clearly that's not the, the, the situation, but I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm screaming and I'm, and I'm realizing to myself, like, who the hell is this person? You know, yeah. what have I become? I'm, yeah. I love dogs. You know, when I, when I was in Afghanistan, there's, there's a, a guy came to our, our checkpoint in his car and he asked us for a bottle of water because it was fucking hot. And, and we were searching his car and we find that he has his dog in, in the trunk of his car. The dog is like near death because it's yeah. just so hot and there's no air conditioning. There's no nothing back there. And so I went and go, I went, and went to go grab a, a cool bottle of water that we had in our, our trucks. And I, I popped a hole in it with my knife uh, in the top of it. And I just squeezed it into the dog's mouth and I'm staring at the guy as I'm doing it. Like, yeah. I love dogs. Like yeah. I, I did, yeah. did more for that dog than that that jerk who who was stuck oh, yeah. in the dog in the trunk that, you know that's, that was the thing with with uh the locals they they don't like dogs no they, they use them for whatever they need to put security or yeah. whatever but they don't they right. don't like dogs yeah. um and we would discover that when we were doing stop stop searches and things like that because we'd obviously use our working dogs and they would be like they're shit scared especially yeah. if you get the big german shepherds out that and the dog <laughs> you're like that dog is soft as shit really you know, if you tell yeah. the commander, it'll obviously be a big fucking, it'll be a big bloodbath for you, but they're right. lovely. What are you on about? <laughs> yeah, right, I, I, exactly. lo- I love, I love dogs as well. I love dogs. Yeah. But, but I, I just wasn't, I wasn't the same person anymore. And I, yeah, I realized that and I was like, who the hell did I become? Like, what, what yeah. is this monster that I'm looking at in the mirror, you know? And, and so I was like, I, I got to do something about this, you know, because clearly whatever I'm doing is not working. And, yeah, and so, I mean. And it, and it, I mean that's that's part a, of it, you know. Like it, it's a tough one to to sort of uh, process anyway. Is it's your brother? Yeah, you're you're, not, you're not not supposed to do that until like you're in your like eighties, nineties, maybe even more. Right. Yeah. And and like I said, this was this was like just hit me out of nowhere because I there's not a, a not a second that I think that here i would not make it home like yeah, yeah. I, I i just assumed we're gonna come back home he was planning on getting married a year later and uh you know he had you know the wedding date and all that stuff planned out and everything they they were planning this big wedding and everything and 
And I was like, yeah, we're, I mean, we're going to, this is what we're going to do. We're going to come home. We're going to be there. And I, I remember on the day that he was supposed to get married when, when that day finally came around, it was just like, holy shit. Like, yeah, this, this is just terrible. Like, you know what I mean? And, and so when, when we, when we're, we're dealing with this, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, just like what you said, like, I, I knew at some point we are, we're all going to die, but that's not going to be for yeah, yeah. decades from now. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it, and you know. I remember listening, uh, it, it must have been, um, I must have been listening to Jocko, I think, one of okay. his uh, one of his podcasts, I believe. And he was talking about um, the actual grieving process and, you're, and nobody has ever taught how to grieve. It's just no. something that you have to deal with. And it's like, one day it's going to be a ball of shit and you're going to be crying. You're going to be in, in shit state. Yeah. The next day you'll be a little bit less and a little bit less. And then one day you'll be like, Oh, I think it's almost put to bed. And then a, an anniversary or a birthday or something like that will pop up. And then it's like whew, big full circle. Yeah. And, and nobody's taught that that it's okay to, because because I I always found um, when you when you get to the stage where you're starting to feel a bit more human a bit more yourself that you start to feel a bit guilty that you're feeling normal and you're like well right. I shouldn't be feeling normal I've just lost a loved one but guess what you 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 have to get to that stage you yeah. if if you believe in in um, heaven and hell and all that sort of stuff they're looking down on you wanting you to be back to normal they don't want you in shit state constantly right yeah no they, they and i if if you knew my brother i mean there's there's he wouldn't want you to cry for a second you know like one second wasted on on him like that would be yeah. too much as far as he's concerned he want he wants you to go laugh and have fun i mean he yeah, would yeah yeah he would light up the room just just walking in you know he he just was the life of the party and you know he he was a fun loving guy and and he always always joked around he knew how to get under your skin which which was you know yeah. you know just the way <laughs> that's, I what brother, brothers that's, what brothers, that's what brothers do um exactly yeah and, and he 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 got a, would get under your skin but in a in a loving way yeah and uh it's one know, of those it, it's, it's one of those i say this to, to the missus all the all the time as well it's like you annoy the fucking shit out of me but i wouldn't change you for the world right and you know exactly and 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 i i think when when you have that kind of relationship with someone and and then you're you're feeling so down about you know losing that person it's like what well, they they would they would want you to not do this not not be yeah. so down and you know get get on with your life um and and you you mentioned you used the word normal before and a lot of people have said you know there's just going to be a new normal yeah you know you're, you're gonna have to learn to live without this this person in your life and that new normal is going to be it's going to include some sadness like you said around anniversaries yeah, of or yeah, of course. birthdays and things like that and and it is just something that you're you're gonna live with you it, know and, and it's it just is, is what it is it's yeah, what it is for sure it, it must have been really devastating for, for 
your parents when you when you got back yeah I, I mean when they when they found out that my brother was killed um i had not been in communication with them for a couple of weeks because yeah. we were out doing some missions and we were kind of off on a remote base and and it was limited communication so i, I just didn't call home for a couple of weeks and uh, you know no emails nothing like that for a couple of weeks and they just they assumed automatically that it was me when they saw the the officer standing at the door uh they, they assumed that i had been killed um and again i was married i had a kid so i was higher you're, on the kill you're, list you're on the top. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm on the top i had a lot more more going on and uh you know and, and again we could joke about that you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. It's not like a, like I'm a <laughs> yeah. sadistic kind of person or whatever, no, but, no. um, you know, but, but for them, it was, it was, it was de- absolutely devastating. My mom f- found out when they, they said, you know, what happened and she just kind of collapsed to the floor. She was like a mess. Uh, and, and I think understandably so, you know, any parent losing a kid is, is going to be uh, really difficult, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was hard for them. That, that was, and, and it was hard for me too, when I was over there, because I, th- I think a lot of people can relate to this. We, we had a communications blackout when, yep. when that type of thing happens until we knew that, you know, my parents were notified and that everyone kind of had that formal notification. There's a blackout. And so I couldn't call home after I found out I was the first one in our family to, to know about it just a, probably a couple hours after it actually happened. And, um, you know, my, my parents were like, well, okay, well, where am I? Where, where's Scott? And uh, they're okay. like, well, we know he's safe, but we, we don't know much else uh, other than that. Um, and I couldn't call home and say, yeah, Hey, yeah. I'm, I'm good. I'm okay, Here I am. Yeah. This is where I'm at. You know, I, I, I couldn't even talk to them until the next day. And that was just, that was just hard. That must've been a, a horrific 24 hours for your parents that just just waiting by the phone waiting yeah. for that phone call it's like and and you know they they also at that point you know like you know whenever there's a death or whatever you want to call people and say hey look this is what happened and and whatever yeah. and let people know and so they're on the phone but if they're on the phone they might be missing my phone call and so yeah. you know they were they yeah. were they, they were in a tough place too so um, so it, I mean it was it was just hard for everyone I think um, you know my my wife too could, because she was worried about me and where I was yeah, and, yeah. and, but she also had to deal with a, we had a newborn child at home and, and it was like, she had to deal with all of that. And so, I mean, it was just, just difficult for everyone. Yeah. You know? and, I, and I, like, like you said, you, they don't prepare you for this. No, no, like you don't, no, they don't get training on it, but also they don't, they don't prepare families. Well, in the UK, I found they don't prepare the families. I don't know what it's like uh, for you guys. Um, but you know, I, I had my wife ended up doing three tours of duty with me, so she sort of knew the ins and outs of if if there's a, a casualty or something like that. But like you said, we we called it up minimize, so or the or the the phone blackout and things like that. So she would know if I haven't phoned in in so long. It's usually this reason. Um, but they don't prepare. They, they don't say right. This is what could happen. It's just like right. You're you're that the main focus is on on the soldier yeah it's like, it's like um i always used to say to the missus that a distracted soldier is a dead soldier um so she would like try and keep old or, or limit any sort of family dramas things like that but it's like 
what are they what what are the family's going through they they right. they're they're also going through this traumatic stage because they don't know what's going on with their their character no. over over in and, a in a war zone they they don't but it, you know actually it's it's a we we had a different situation than what you described uh you know here before we deployed we had a, a thing where they had the families all of our families come come together and they had almost like a training of like what to expect because we we were national guard we weren't active duty and so like deployments were not a regular part of our our day-to-day -day life and so um you know we they wanted to make sure that the families knew what to expect from a deployment and and knew you know certain things we can't talk about you know we can't talk about missions and yeah. you know security uh, related issues and, and things like that but they had one uh one training thing, if you want to call it that, for the families on what what to expect if your loved one gets killed. I bet that was a barrel and, of laughs. Oh my god, that, you could have heard a pin drop in that room. Like it yeah. was so. I mean, my my wife left the room. She was in tears. Uh, you know, she was like, "Why would they go through this? Like, especially we got enough to worry about now. Yeah, now, yeah. now we're uh, now we got to worry about." we knew it's a possibility but now yeah. now it's like a real possibility like yeah no, we don't want to talk about this so so never it, it's never want to balance never want to answer the door when the door knocks you're like no nah, not right. answering it yeah, yeah <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter if it, it's it's just a you know a guy dropping off a package or whatever yeah. like we, Amazon, we, amazon's there banging on the door you're gonna fucking let me yeah. in or what <laughs> yeah. no. we need a signature on this like, too bad <laughs> sign it yourself <laughs> leave it at the door <laughs> you know like it so it, it, there's a balance there. Like, yeah, yeah. They, they probably need to, the families probably need to know what to expect, yeah. but it, it's, it's almost like you need to just naturally know what to expect. Like, yeah, yeah. Totally. you know, you know that at some point everybody's going to die and, and we just know that intuitively because that's just what has, has happened throughout history. And we, we know this. Um, and so we know people die, but it's almost like you, you kind of just have to, almost learn for yourself like what what's going to happen i don't know it, yeah, it's yeah. a it, that's hard yeah. i don't know how, how to deal with that no exactly and it's the um same with with mental health we'll, we'll, we'll go out. everybody's different everybody grieves yeah. different everybody gets affected by different things differently we're all different we're all <laughs> we're all snowflakes um <laughs> uh, some of us more than others um yeah. but we're all different so what I really want to get into is it was your thought process to start the podcast. Yeah. Um, when, when I started my podcast about two and a half years ago, the drive on podcast, um, it was, it was shortly after I got a phone call saying that another one of our uh, guys that we served with over in Afghanistan had taken their, their own life. And I was like, this, this is just devastating. Like the, the, some of these guys are, you know, they were great guys or great soldiers. They just came home and they had issues and I don't know what their issues were. You know, it, it yeah. might not have had been anything to do with the military at all. Um, you know, we, we don't really get into the nitty gritty of, okay, well, why, why did they do this? And, yeah. you know, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Uh, I, I can only assume that it, the military at least had some part in it. 
um, you know, it might've been issues with their, their relationships or marriage or, you know, whatever, but um, you know, whatever the case may be, it was just, it was just devastating to, to get yet another phone call saying, Hey, so-and-so uh, killed themselves. And so I was like, I, I don't want to sit around waiting for another phone call, waiting for that somebody else to come, come around and say, Hey, uh, they, they took their lives. And, and I knew there, this was a big problem throughout the military, you know, service members, veterans, whatever they, they were taking their lives. And there's that 22 a day number that gets thrown around. I don't know how accurate that number is, but yeah. um, you know, it, it is what it is. It, it, it at least, whether it's accurate or not, it at least gets the, the yeah. uh, idea in someone's head that if you took a room of 22 people, these people are going to be gone tomorrow. And, you know, because yeah. they're going to take their, their own lives and like, you can, you can rationalize and you can picture how many people 22 is pretty, pretty easily. So it, it, it does its job as far as that goes. But, um, you know, I didn't want to just sit around waiting for another phone call, waiting for someone else to say, Hey, they, you know, another guy that we served with took their lives. We didn't lose anybody in our, our company while we were overseas. And yeah, we started losing them when we came home. I was like, that, how fucked up is that? So, so I started the podcast because I wanted to talk about the issues that veterans have. You know, I, I talked to, to other veterans and I, I say, you know, like, let's, let's talk about the struggles that you, you had, uh, you know, either from your deployments or your, just your time in the military, whatever the struggles were and, and, and how you got through those struggles. Uh, what, what, what did you do? How did you cope? What, what got you through it? Um, because when you, you have those kind of conversations that, when other people start hearing them, uh, they start to realize that they're not alone, that yeah. there's somebody else out there who has similar issues and they came through these issues too. So they start to say, Hey, you know, if that guy did it, I can do it too. Um, and I don't even care if it's a competition thing. It's like, Oh, that guy's, uh, you know, Oh, he was just a cook or whatever. And, and he got through this and I'm a grunt. I can, I can definitely get through this. I'm tougher than he is. So <laughs> no, fine. Yeah. let it be a fucking competition. I don't care, but like, just get, get through it and, and, yeah. and realize that there's possibilities out there. Um, and I, I also talked to people who provide services to veterans, the, uh, the, the department of veterans affairs here in the U S they, they do a lot of good work for, for our veterans, especially around me mental health. But they're a government organization like any other and they their resources are limited and yeah. they can only do so much and uh, you know a lot of times people for one reason or another don't feel comfortable with going there or that maybe they can't even go there maybe they're not eligible because of the status of their discharge if they were you know not honorably discharged or whatever yeah. um, they, they may not have the ability to use the services offered there and so there's so many nonprofit organizations and other community-based organizations and things like that that are out there doing work and coming up with innovative solutions for the problems that veterans are having. Um, they they uh, are doing different forms of therapies, and I'm not talking like different like drugs or you know anything like that. I'm just talking about like like an art therapy or uh, hey, I, I, you know things like that. Um, uh, people sometimes have trouble reintegrating back into the, into the workforce and there's programs for that, you know, that, that help them, you know, you know, get back in, into their, their career and, and adjusting to civilian life. There are, there's all sorts of organizations. Uh, I, I actually talked to a guy a couple of weeks ago. He used to be a, um, 
NFL uh, referee, and he started an, an organization that helps veterans get into officiating sports, whether it be uh, football, basketball, soccer, uh, uh, baseball, you name it, you know, all, all sorts of different uh, sports. And, and they, they'll do the, the referees, uh, and they'll, they'll get them trained and, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff, get them the equipment that they need. And, and so it's like that, that's not anything that the, the veterans affairs are, are doing, but it's something else that's out there. And so let's talk about that. And it's like, Hey, if you're into sports and you, you kind of, that's your, your thing, go do that, you know? And, and so there's all sorts of organizations out there and, and people that have great stories to tell inspirational stories. And so I was like, let's, let's share these stories yeah. with other people. I love people. that. I love yeah. that. Exactly. Um, that. That's a big thing. I know a lot of um, veterans tell, tell war stories. A lot of veterans like to tell their story and things like that. Yeah. There are a, a handful, the ones that really truly struggle that have got stories to tell and it would probably help like i said relieve the the open the valve relieve the pressure um sure but like so similar reasons uh to yourself why i started mine was originally mine was just to help myself to mm -hmm. to air my problems because right like i said to you about the therapist i couldn't I couldn't afford to keep going to therapy so i would come yeah. down here and originally it was just me talking to my well talking to myself um, just to get crap off my chest, um, basically. And then I started getting guests on and blah, 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 blah. And we fast forward to where we are now. Um, but yeah, I was always in that mind that I'm helping myself. But if somebody can hear me and think, well, Tomo is talking about his problems. I've got similar problems. I'll slide into his DMs and let him know that I've got these sort of, it's like, right. I've had, I've had a, a fair few um, veterans do do the same and as a as a community um both both sides of the pond our, our side and yours we're we're a proud proud bunch and sometimes it, it we need that little push to to say look it's okay that you're fucking feeling shit look at all these yeah. guys over here that are feeling shit let's all <laughs> let's all feel shit together and uh <laughs> <laughs> and and have a bit of banter about it and 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 right. like you said um it doesn't matter if you're if you're a cook or if you're a fucking infantry soldier you're a fucking airman a sailor we all have these issues we all have stories to tell yeah and i, I had a I had a guy on um quite regularly and well quite regularly quite recently should i say get the right words out Tom. um <laughs> We all we all know now, like uh, there's that always that hashtag mental health awareness. Everybody is aware now. We all know that there is a the real pandemic going on with with the suicide rate going up, and mm -hmm. and and veterans, not just veterans, but all over the world, people taking their own lives. That's the real pandemic. We're aware. It's what are we going to do about it now? And like you said, there's so many different companies, nonprofit organizations. I've I've helped raise money for for a, a a cause called Rock to Recovery that helps struggling veterans, help veteran families, help serving people with with all sorts of needs, whether it's financial, medical, mental health problems. There, there are companies out there that will help, but a lot of the time they're sort of hidden for some reason they had they're not getting right. the exposure that they they deserve um 
but yeah, things like getting these people onto onto a podcast, onto a radio show, whatever it may be, can help. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly why why I try to do it because I I know uh, you know nonprofit organizations they don't have a huge budget a lot of times uh, some of them do and th- those are the ones that you know about because they do all the advertising and and whatnot yeah. but you know not everyone has a huge budget for this and you know it doesn't cost me anything except for you know a little bit of time to sit here yep. and exactly have a conversation with these people and get that get their information out there and so why you know why wouldn't i do that and get get it all out to uh, my listeners and you know, make them aware that there's something like this out there for them. And, and that to me, I think is the, you know, the perfect way to do it because when more people are aware of what's out there, then they're more likely to keep trying and not give up hope on themselves. Yeah. And that is the main, you know? the main goal I feel definitely. Yeah. And, and it's like, what is this an, an hour out of our day, whatever it may be, however long we record for. Yeah. And, you know, I, I find, especially with podcasts as well, I listen to several different ones. I, I have them on in the background from time to time. And then I will pick up on something and go, what, what's that? And then I'll Google it and go, oh, that's that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. And yeah, it, exactly. And, and, it, and uh, there's so many, especially, well, all over the globe now. Vet, like I said, it's now cool to be a veteran. We've got uh, the right. lads, lads and ladies that have, uh, are now veterans you've got to realize it, it we're we're now in that we're world war ii stage now we're we're cool again and putting the veteran name to something or, or a, a serving soldier's name to something whether it's a podcast or a clothing line a coffee company there seems to be loads of veterans that love their coffee i know too many if anything chill out ever start making whiskey or something i'd right. buy that the, the, i'd buy we, more we, of that we have those too <laughs> we do have some of those yeah, you guys do over there. We don't over here. We hey, yeah. we got a lot of rum, got a lot of rum companies. But anyway, I, I digress. But as soon as it, I, I still find it now, if you put the veteran veteran owned company, a lot of people go, I'm going to support that. Yeah. Like like right now, I'm wearing um Team Lakota, which is an outdoor company. I'm wearing their hat. I like their stuff anyway. But they're a veteran outdoor company. They do all these different walks and. They've got a clothing line and things like that. They're, they're killing the game, you know, and the same with uh, Modern Warrior, um, which is behind me. Um, anything like veteran based, I'll, I'll, I'll say, yeah, I'll support you. I know a lot yeah. of other veterans are a bit like, I'm not supporting another veteran company. I've got my own. It's like, well, we're all one big happy family. Come on. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, it's. And, and when you're it, when you're okay. in the trenches, when you're in the trenches, you support each other. So why not do it when you're not in the trenches anymore? Right. And and for those people who are like, well, I'm not going to support you know other veteran companies. I have my own. Okay. Think about I I own I own a business too. Think about all the things that you need, in a, that you need in your business to to have your business run. I'm guessing there's probably a veteran-owned company out there who does some of the stuff. You know, even if it's yeah. you know the janitorial services in your your, your yeah, yeah. you probably can find a veteran-owned company who does that, or you know, security for an event or something. I'm Definitely. pretty sure you can find a, a yeah, veteran-owned company sure. who could do that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. about that. <laughs> they, they probably have two or three, you know, kicking <laughs> yeah. around somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. I mean, help them out. You know, 
you're you're need the services you need the products whatever it is anyways as as long as they're not you know crap products or services that they're offering it you know like help them out you know it it, you're you're spending the money anyways so exactly might as well help out the veterans who who are out there you know i totally agree i totally agree with that and i know is like i said that how proud veterans are a lot can still have that toxic tendency of of the, the selfishness which is it's, yeah. it's bizarre to me because you, you're trained to look after your brothers to the left and right yeah and um yeah it's, it's like you still do that when you when when you leave that's how it should be in my eyes anyway um, no it should yeah yeah definitely and there's for for those that are listening there are a lot of places that you can look for for help especially um mental health things and even if you can't find a a cheap therapist if you want a cheap one or one that um can or any sort of therapist if you can't find any of that i'm sure that scott and myself's inboxes are open i'm sure sure. well i i definitely run my own social media i'm not that fucking i'm not joe rogan famous um (laughs) <laughs> so if you slide in yeah, i'm not you, there either so. yeah if you slide in and you need some help or or just someone to chat to feel free you know what i mean i'm not, I'm never gonna not reply to someone who is struggling do, do you know what I mean? right. i'm sure i'm sure you are exactly the same yeah for sure I, I definitely yeah it, it, reach out social media uh it's drive on podcast on facebook instagram twitter uh, LinkedIn. You just search for Drive On Podcast there. Uh, you can you can find me on on any of those, and uh, I'll I'll answer you know any anything like that. Anything that I can help with. You know I'm, I'm not a therapist, so I'm not going to be giving you you know counseling advice and, <laughs> yeah. and all that kind of stuff because I'll I might screw you up more than it's worth. But but yeah. I can point you in the right direction for you know yeah, exactly. uh, organizations yeah. that that are out there that are they want to help out veterans and. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this is true with everybody who, who's a veteran, but for me, um, I see our allies, you know, the Brits, you know, Australians, whoever I like, we were over in Afghanistan, in Iraq, you know, we we were over there fighting together. We had the same purpose. Right. And so, you know, I value your service, you know, just because you're not in America, you know, fighting in the U S army or, you know, whatever, like I value your service as much as I do another U S soldier, you know, because yeah, yeah. we're all, we're all the way I feel anyways, is we're all kind of in that together. Yeah. And, we're all connected. Um, yeah all connected. for sure. Definitely. We're definitely, definitely connected. And so, you know, even though you may not be an American veteran, like, I don't care, like reach out. Like I, I might, I might have some resources that, that can help, you know, the, the Brits or, you know, whoever, I, I, I am always open to, to help out. And if I don't know the answer to whatever the question is, I'll do some yeah, research yeah. and I'll try to figure it out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Or I'll point you in the direction of someone who will know the answer. For sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Also, where can they find your book? Yes. Uh, so the book is on Amazon. Uh, the book is Surviving Son. Uh, you can search for that and, and uh, you should be able to get a copy uh, pretty easily on there, just like anything else. Uh, Amazon has just about everything, and I figured <laughs> yeah. let's add my book to the mix. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, <laughs> good. 
so, so that would be great. Um, I know what it's like um, going through the the process of of writing uh, a book, and it is a it is a draining, long for sure, yeah, process, and it also brings up thoughts and feelings that you you thought you had stuffed way down. So right, mate, massive props to you for for managing to get it all out onto onto pages and and releasing it. Well, I know it's I know it's difficult. It, it certainly is. It, it's a hard process to do. You're right. It, it does bring up some emotions and, and thoughts that you didn't really think about for, for a while. And uh, I, I think the process of doing it, though, and getting it out there, um, I, I look at the book and, and telling my, my story in a very personal way. You know, I, I go into some kind of raw details and, and talk about my story. I, th I find it to be similar to how I do the podcast and how I get other people to, to share their stories. Uh, I just look at this as, as another one of those stories uh, yeah. that, that's out there and, and hopefully it, it helps some people. Um, you know, that, that was my intention that it, that it would help some people, um, you know, and so I, I really do encourage people, you know, not, not even just, you know, for the, financial aspect of buying my book and you know, <laughs> helping me out that way, which is, which is a nice side effect of it. But uh, I do encourage people to go out and, and get a copy of the book and, and hopefully it, it will uh, help you with some perspective and, and kind of understanding, you know, maybe processing your own grief or your own yeah. uh, PTSD or, or whatever you're, you're going through. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Scott, I think it's about time we um, sort of wrap this up, but you're definitely um, sure. welcome to come back on onto the podcast anytime excellent um, i'll definitely have you back on for part two i enjoy talking to the americans it makes me laugh um but yeah um so we can find you at drive on podcast um yep yep uh, drive on podcast.com uh you can find everything you know social media or you know wherever wherever you listen to podcasts it's probably there uh yeah, so yeah. you can just search for drive on podcast there and uh Surviving Sun, the book is available on Amazon. Uh, you can grab a copy there. I'd really appreciate it. And and if you do, leave a review, especially from the other side of the pond, uh, yeah. <laughs> would would definitely uh, definitely help out. So so uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to to come on and share my story and, and talk a little bit about about the book. T totally my uh, my privilege and my honor to have you on. So uh, thank you very much, and I'll catch you again soon, my man. Great, thank you. Cheers. Catch you later.